from Montreal. Around the world. Jeremy White Podcast. With Boostan. For the best Lebanese cuisine in Montreal, it's got to be Boostan. Visit Boostan.ca. And Loudtracks.com. Helping fans connect to their favorite artists. 100% high quality, officially licensed band merchandise that supports the artists you love. Visit our official band merch store at Loudtracks.com. Now... The Jeremy White Podcast. All right, what's going on? Welcome to the Jeremy White Podcast. It is Tuesday, February 9th, 2021. Feeling like around minus eight with that wind chill in the heart of downtown Gautnawaga, Mohawk Territory. What's up? I uh, hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying safe, wearing your masks, wearing, washing your hands, socially distancing, doing the thing. You know, it's, in my town, we've actually had... Um, no cases in the last, like, three weeks, which is pretty damn awesome. In Montreal, we reported our lowest amount of COVID-19 cases uh, all year, which is pretty good. So, doing pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, by the way, a big announcement. We got officially got Jeremy White t-shirts. So, the Jeremy White podcast t-shirt is available now on loudtracks.com slash Jeremy White. So, if you want to get up there and grab yourself a Jeremy White tee, they're 20 bucks, And it's eight colors, screen printed, super high quality on an awesome tee. The guys at Loud Tracks, it's just, they just do a great job. They got tons of different merch available. Like, all your favorite artists or you want, like, you know, they got, like, the collectible shot glasses, and they got the T-shirts, but they got also, like, other merch and stuff, too, and it's all 100% officially licensed, so the money's going directly to your favorite stars and your artists, so go get yourself a Jeremy White T-shirt, loudtracks.com slash Jeremy White, and I got the links on uh, the YouTube videos as well. Today's pretty exciting. I'm going to do a double header episode because I want to get these out there for you to listen to. First, we catch up with Nathan James from Inglorious, a really great UK band. They've been around the last couple of years, and they got a new album coming out uh, this upcoming Friday. You can pre-order that now and uh, buy it. I, I believe the pre, the signed vinyls and the CDs are all sold on their website, but if you go on Amazon, they're all still available there. So we're going to talk to Nathan James. I also, <laughs> I tell you, man, I've got like tons of recording equipment in my studio. Like I got the best stuff ever. I'm recording an EP right now. And for some reason, I just can't get my Rodecaster Pro to not not work for some reason. Like there's just been technical difficulties <laughs> to the last couple of interviews. So you'll hear that through the interview. And I just left it. You're going to hear my microphone change from my mic to um, my uh, webcam microphone that's built in. And it's so weird. Like the sample rate was just kind of odd. So I kind of sound like slowed down a little bit in the end. It's... I don't know, man. Zoom is just such a funky platform to record an interview on. So anyways, if you hear, I swear I'm not drunk in the interview or yeah, it sounds like I'm slowed down. It's it's weird. And then we're also going to talk to uh, Charlie Overby from Lone Hawk Hats. We talk about a band that he used to be in back in the 80s on the Sunset Strip. They were managed by Bill O'Coin, of course, legendary manager of Kiss. And he put out a new album with tons of members of the Lone Hawk Hats family, including... I mean, members of, um, geez, Adam Slack from the Struts is on there, members of the Black Crows, uh, members of uh, Bruce Springsteen's band, just like t- tons of big names, and it's called Me and My Guitar, and all the money's being donated to Neva, so uh, the uh, Save Our Stages movement, yeah, tons of road crew, no jobs to go out and do, there's, you know, uh, they're struggling, so all that money's going to save our stages and local independent venues that, you know, we, we need to be there so the upcoming bands have somewhere to play, right? Or LA Guns. 
<laughs> Anyways, those are the two interviews you get today. If you want to go watch these, go on my YouTube channel and subscribe up there and catch and watch the full video interviews of these two. All right, let's get right over to Nathan James from Inglorious. In here, can I hear Nathan? Can uh, can are you talking? Can... I am now. Can oh, there we go. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. Okay, we got everybody's happy. Cool. Everybody's happy. I had to wear a hat for Jeremy. Dude, everybody's got to wear a hat. It's the thing right now, you know. The hat is on. Hey, I don't. I don't. I don't have a hat. I should go. I should run downstairs and get a hat. I've yeah. only got baseball caps though. Yeah, go get a ball cap, man. Want <laughs> me to? I'll go get a, a thunder. No. Oh, okay. It's fine. It's fine, Mitch. It's okay. We love. We love thunder. Thunder's a great band. Yeah. Well, this is uh, this is exciting. Yeah, this is going to be fun. You know, there's a lot of hype on Twitter. So now we have to make it kind of like, you know, worth watching now. <laughs> now, remember, he, he has he has stated emphatically that he is part lion and part rug. Yes, so. part lion, part rug. Let's see that rug. Come on now. <laughs> there you go. Let's see the bush. Come on. So, I'm such Tom Jones-esque body hair. Like, I'm pretty proud of it. You know, I met Tom Jones once. It was actually kind of weird and funny. I was at the uh, I was at the Savoy Hotel in London, and we were waiting to get a drink at the bar, but the bar was full, and my buddy was bartending. And he's like, "Just you know, wait like fifteen minutes. There's a guy there, and we'll get you in." I'm like, "All right, cool." So fifteen minutes goes by. Who's walking out of the bar? Sir Tom Jones. So my buddy and I, Tom, were like, "Oh, happy Christmas, Tom!" And he's like, "Oh, happy Christmas! You're right." And we chatted for like a couple of like minutes, and then we would sit at the bar. He's like, "Oh yeah, Tom Jones was just sitting here." I'm like, dude, we were just talking to him. <laughs> random, cool. super random. But in London, you never know. And if you're at the Savoy, if you never know who you're gonna run into. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, Jeremy, I'm going to ask you this first, and, and so so we can get this thing started. But you heard well, "We Will Ride," and you've heard "Inglorious," essentially for the first time. You, you it it didn't make your world. You know, your what's your first reaction to this? You like it? What do you think? I, well, think I love the fact. I I love the fact that it's a band, right? It's a couple yeah. guys playing actual instruments. A dude that can actually sing and has pipes. It's rock and roll. I mean, come on, you, you can't go wrong with that. No, you can't. Thanks, guys. That's very nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's it. You know, Inglorious. We will rides coming out February twelfth. You can pick it up. They're doing pre-orders for signed CDs and vinyls and everything. And uh, you know how how important is that for you as an artist to have actual physical copies of your CD because it's, it's or vinyl because it's not the same to just be tapping a screen, right? No, I love the fact that all of our favorite albums, you know, we will probably have on vinyl and CD. The great albums of yesteryear. So it's kind of cool to think that mine will be in someone's collection next to say, yes. I don't know, their Back in Black or, or their Appetite album. You know, it will be in the same box. And that's kind of cool to me. So yeah, that's why it's important. Dude, people are gonna be pulling out right next to, you know, Bon Jovi or something, just pulling out Inglorious, you know? Yeah, it's gonna be great. Uh, just uh, let, let me talk this real quick. The, the band has had a lineup change or, or, you know, three new guys have come in, Danny, Dan and Vinny. How does that affect what you do, and, and does it change the sound, or does, or is Inglorious still Inglorious because you're the voice, and that's what people sort of gravitate to? I think the sound has changed pretty much every record, uh, regardless of the lineup. But 
Yeah, it's just, it's just growth, right? right? Like, if we yeah. put out four albums that sounded the same, it would be dull. Um, yeah. The only band that can do that is ACDC, like, by the way. Yeah, literally, that's it. <laughs> the only band. Yeah. There's no others that can do that. Um, but yeah, for me, I wanted to kind of show that we have growth, but that happened naturally just from bringing a producer on board because it's the first time we've ever been produced. So mm. now all of a sudden we've got like any producer and loads of expensive gear and it sounds it it just sounds mega in comparison to anything we've done previously i think right and especially when you're working with a producer like that who's done stuff you know with bring like bring me the horizon and it's like you know some big sounding records it's like you know i'm sure that does in fact elevate your game in the studio as well definitely definitely uh made us work harder and we felt the pressure of like he's heard some great musicians you know and he's made some great selling records so we wanted to be as good as them we wanted to deliver and we wanted to be something that he would be proud of of producing which is kind of cool because yesterday i checked on his website and we've made it up to the website you know so we're like nice. glorious on his website so i'm like cool we did it thank <laughs> you <laughs> like <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty bad eh, if you didn't make the producer's discography on the website <laughs> yeah he's hiding it like Shh, don't tell people i worked with oh, them this shit record with inglorious oh god i just want it deleted from history <laughs> no, but uh, talk to me about about giving that up in the studio because you, you have, of course, done your own stuff and you've you've had a very clear vision of what Nathan is and what your career is. Was it difficult to sort of hand over the reins and say, "Okay, you tell us what to do"? No, I I find being told what to do a struggle usually. Yes. Yes. However when it's from someone who is like way better than me i don't struggle with it at all you know like i don't go into an operating theater and tell someone how to operate on me do you know what i mean like they yeah. they're better at that than me i'm gonna let them do that so same goes in the studio i don't know the fucking difference between this guitar sound and this guitar sound so if you think this is the best one cool like that's your job that's why i'm paying you make it sound great thank you very much yeah that's, it's almost yeah. like it's almost like having sex you know you want the other person to tell you what, what you're doing right and not you know you imagine um, yeah you get feedback that's what we need constructive <laughs> criticism <laughs> um yeah. Uh, talk to me about releasing an album in this context, because normally we go out there and we we tour and you plan some shows and you go do live TV appearances and live radio appearances. And there's, and there's a whole machine that comes into place. Now you sort of can't do that. It comes out. And before anybody gets to see you play live, it could be six months, could be 10 months, might even be a year. Um, how do you promote it and get the word out? just it's no secret that i am a social media whore you know like, mm -hmm. i love it um so i've been just trying to shove it down people's throats really just like buy the album like we have a we earned no money last year because we no one could tour so right. when people buy an album they know that that sale from our website goes directly to the band which is which is helping us so when we can eventually go back out and tour we're not skin you know i don't want right. to i don't want to i don't want to take the band back to the place where it was in the beginning where we were just kind of starting off and i feel like that's happened for a lot of artists during this COVID yeah. 
situation, especially on my level. The bigger bands, I don't think have felt it so much, but people, grassroots kind of bands um, are, are struggling. So yeah, we're looking forward to to playing these songs live, but who who knows, man? Who the you, Let me ask you this, you know, being an artist in the UK and coming up in the rock scene and stuff, even today, right now, you know, you're putting out this new album in a couple of weeks and, you know, with the great singles that have come off this album already, it's like, you know, do you get support from Radio X and Absolute Radio? Do you get, you know, do, does the BBC, you know, give you guys spins? Is, is there support in the home country or are they just kind of like, nah? The main outlet for rock in this country is Planet Rock. Like Planet rock, they yeah. are... They're the biggest uh, rock radio station, and they have been supportive of us from the from day one. I think we're now at this might be my eleventh playlisted single on there over That's four great. albums, which is pretty great. Um, and off our first album, they put four on. So like we wow. had, we've done really well from those guys. Um, obviously, classic rock is British. Uh, they yeah. they've been really nice now fourth out it took four albums but uh we got a really good <laughs> review uh so that's cool and a feature and all sorts of stuff um but as far as other radio I, i'm doing a spot on radio 2 bbc radio 2 next uh next week the the week the album comes out uh, but apart from that there's just no unless you're the foo fighters you're not getting played on radio x you know yeah that's what I, was, I was always wondering that you know like you know, is Chris Moyles calling you guys up and saying, hey, come on the show, you know, let's play your new song or, you know, like, like, does do the local commercial stations in London, you know, support you guys? No. And that goes for but not just us, that goes for all kind of rock in our in our genre, especially this kind of more classic hard rock stuff. They mm. they, they just don't, which is why it's so great that Planet Rock, you've got what a, a million weekly listeners, I think, are playing mm. us. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me ask you this then, because you did do the TV show and you were doing the, you know, you were singing sort of the, the, the current hits of the day. Why go down the rock route? Why not take that fan base from the TV show and go deliver songs that are pop, that are you know, more like Drake, that are more like Post Malone? Why not go down that route? Because your voice certainly could handle it. I mean, you, you certainly have the ability to go down that. Why not be a pop star rather than a rock star? Or be a country guy. Why not be a, a Chris Stapleton? Yeah. Um, I, I fucking hate country. <laughs> I I find English dudes singing country music to be the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I don't understand it. It makes no sense. I'm not from the deep south. I don't have a pickup truck. I do not ride a horse. I'm not right. singing a song about the fucking country. But you've got the, you certainly got the look for it. You got the hat. You oh fuck you, Mitch. It's not country look. What the hell's wrong with you? He's not singing about fucking his sister and driving a pickup truck. Come on now. Jeez, I'm offended because I'm wearing a hat and I'm wearing you know a little country. Oh yeah, but you're 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 covering a bald spot. That's that's a different story. Man. I was the one that was was scared. It should have been you, Jeremy. Jeez. No, but I mean, you know, would it have been easier or, or smarter career-wise to say, listen, I'm just going to be a pop star and I'm just going to go sing pop songs because that's top 40 radio? It, it might have been a bit of a financial move, but as far right. as, like, authenticity, I don't... I am... It's very clear what music I like and what right. I sound good singing. And and I left that TV show to join the Trans-Siberian Orchestra straight away. So my path kind of 
was was written from then really you know i'd ha i love rock rock is rock is in my blood and i saw a bit of a gap in the market here which is kind of what inspired uh, th this band happening in the first place is that there was no one who could really belt out a tune and really play guitar right necessarily so let me ask you then also then that why be a band? I mean, you did have again, I'm going to go back to the TV thing. People knew who Nathan was. Why not just the Nathan James solo band doing the music you love? Uh, why was it important to be a band and say, yeah, this is the drummer. This is the guitarist. You yeah. know, why have a band name? Why not just be Nathan James? Because that came actually from our A&R guy. who's a guy called Derek Sherman. I don't mm -hmm. know. If you know Derek. He, I um, do. Derek signed famously Bon Jovi, Nickelback, mm. etc. He kind of discovered me. And when he got me the deal, he sat me down and said, who are your heroes? And I said, okay, Robert Plant, uh, Freddie Mercury, uh, David Coverdale. And I listed off all these dudes. And he said, you didn't say Meatloaf and you didn't say Alice Cooper. Every dude you love is in a band. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I want to front, I want to front an awesome band. I love the power of five people creating something together that are all invested in that to the same level rather than it just be me writing songs or just about me and they all get paid like a wage i want i want to be part of something that is powerful because ultimately the best live acts of all time are those bands you know yeah no that's very true they all you're right <laughs> they all are part of band. david lee roth van halen well yeah. listen to be fair, though, Alice Cooper was a band until he went solo, like, you know, 10 years into the career. So, yeah, it was the Alice Cooper band before it was Alice Cooper, to be fair. Yeah. But okay, so that's an, that's an interesting take on it. Now, um, just talk to me a little bit about, <clears throat> sorry, me, about uh, We Will Ride. Uh, in terms of putting it together, are these songs that, that are that you worked on uh, with the producer and the band or are these songs where you just said, hey, Guys, I got 10 songs. Let's go record them. Talk, talk to me about, walk me through the process of getting to the finished album. An Inglorious album is always a real group effort. So I get heavily inspired by riffs and guitars. Guitar music is what I love. So what will happen is the guys will bring me a riff and I will decide whether or not I want to take it further and turn it into a song. We create a kind of track for it. And then I go away and I add a melody and a top line uh, I usually start with a hook and then that dictates what the song is going to be written about. Um, however, this time I was like, okay, it'd be cool to get kind of a few different flavors in. Uh, so I actually asked, I know you had Joel on here the other day. Um, Joel Hoekstra contributed two riffs to the album, which we turned into two songs. And a friend of mine who I met on a TV show, actually, who is a country writer, uh, he, <laughs> he wrote a song. I know, I know. <laughs> called eye of the storm with me um and he just different people get different things out of you as a writer and as a singer so it, to me it made that kind of varied album that has real highs and lows and different mm -hmm. colors and yeah it's nice to show off these new guys because although they're not new to me on a recording they are new this is their first record this is danny who's 20 21 my guitarist's first ever album so wow. it's pretty, it's pretty cool to put it out there and to think we wrote she won't let you go before he was even in the band like three years ago mm. wow 
talk to me about uh, finding a guitarist and what you look for them, because you've played with Uli John Rock. You've done the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, who have great uh, guitarists in it. You've done all this other stuff. Um, when it's time to get a new guitarist and, and you have to audition or, or find Danny, what were you looking for in him? It's the same thing I was looking for in in all the guitarists that have been in this band. Is that one person looks, who... looks first and skills second? <laughs> no, it's always it's always skill first for me because, like you say, Mitch, I've I've played with Uli, I performed with uh, Steve Vai, Bernie Marsden, yeah. Al Petrella. The list of guitarists that I've been lucky enough to work with is quite remarkable. And <laughs> Absolutely. I love an amazing guitar player. I also need someone who's a performer and I need someone who, when I want to go off and I don't know, have a, have a piss or like have a drink, I know that I can let them go up to the front and they can shred and they can hold the crowd because, because ultimately yeah. a lead guitar player should be a, should be a star. And I've definitely got that in Danny. He's, he's 21 years old and he, he's just breathtaking. And he's a mate and we have great chemistry, you know. I discovered him on YouTube. He covered one of our he covered our first single like five years ago. Met really? him on the first tour. Wow. Then he became he actually became our guitar tech for like a year. And then I said to him when the last guys left, I rang him straight away. I was like, dude, you're in the band. Like he kind of like worked his way up, which is crazy to wow. think I met when he was 15. Now he's on stage. Like, he, he started in the mail room and worked his way up to the actual corporate office and being in the guitar. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like journey backwards. So it's, it's, it's like Arnell discovering Neil on this kind. It's fantastic. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm very lucky. Very lucky to have found him. And he loves this music. Again, same thing. Danny could be playing for anyone, you know. He's, he's mind-blowing. And I'm sure one day he will get those kind of those gigs, you know, like when Nuno retires from Rihanna or something, Danny will be called. That's what I think. Uh, right. So those kind of things for me make me feel super lucky to be in a band with him because I know he's got a promising career. But is that kind of like, you know, are you scared that the guitar player might become a bigger star than you? Because, you know, look at what Van Halen, what happened with Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen was the bigger star than Dave and Dave couldn't handle that. Dave, Dave wasn't going to be outshone and, you know, had to leave the band and start his own thing and but he joined a band that's named after the guitarist. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you don't expect, you kind of knew the deal, right? Kind of, yeah. Like, that's the deal. Like, you're joining the, anyway. Same I, thing with Bon Jovi. Hey, yeah, you joined. I'm not, I'm not scared of that. Danny loves this music. And it's truly the only thing that gives him an outlet to play like his heroes, you know, to play like, Ingve or like Slash or there's not many things going on musically elsewhere where he can play like this. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it, it really is kind of like a specific set of skills that are required. Oh your your microphone is squelching. Can you hear me now? No. No. Hello. Hello? What? The, no. Hello? Can you hear me? No. You sound like a like a robot. What the fuck? What the hell happened there? He just he just collapsed. Wow. Well, What's he'll it? be back. He'll, he'll be back. That's his. That. Uh, that's his radio station profile. Oh, can you hear me? That sounds awful. What the fuck? Is it my connection? 
I, I don't know, but it's it, it sounds as though we're listening to a robot. Oh, that's so weird. I don't know what the hell happened. Well, I guess you can sit there quietly and I'll finish this. Better? Can you hear me now? No? Sounds like shit? Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, can, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. okay, well, I'm using my webcam microphone. That's weird. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, you just it it just died. Very <laughs> so, weird. But let us let us uh, let us continue. Uh, let me just ask you this: in terms of the band, um, when you get started, and and you've said that some of the bands you know have had a hard time through the pandemic. How do you sort of keep this train rolling? And has there been times over the first four albums where you've just said, "This is too hard. This is too much of a, a road to, to to try to to go through." I'm done. I mean, how do you sort of keep it moving and keep it going, given the fact that radio doesn't support it, given the fact that you can't tour right now, given the fact that getting over to North America is expensive? How do you sort of keep the motivation and, and, and the desire to keep going? In the UK, like, we are, we're a working band, you know, so like, for the last couple of years, we've, we've earned a living from this. And that's, that's great. I wouldn't be doing it otherwise. I left TSO to pursue this, you know, right. so it does work here at a level. And to me, it comes down to authenticity. Again, I know this is what I should be doing. And this is what I should be singing. And until the day that, yeah, that we get no support, I'm, I'm going to keep going with it because I, I love doing it. People are listening to it. Uh, and well, the, the, the fan reaction has been let's let's just call it what it is the fan reaction has been fantastic yeah. you know you came out of nowhere and people said oh my god this inglorious album is fantastic and then the second album came on they go oh my god this album's better than the first album and you know they weren't saying that for some of the older rock stars that were putting out albums they were going oh you know so-and-so's got a new album yeah. <laughs> but they'd go oh my god is this inglorious uh and I think it might even be safe to say that this is your the best one of the four and the other the other three are fucking fantastic right yeah thank you man no i really appreciate that because i think that obviously i'm going to say that it'll be like actually i think our last one was the best one go by that <laughs> no, but fucking buy this one buy this one um yeah i think it's a cool story as well like how many how many bands have been through these kind of lineup changes there's loads of them dude like literally yeah. loads and there's trials and tribulations but ultimately if people want to keep paying money to buy a cd or a vinyl or come to a show buy a t-shirt i'm going to keep doing it because it's the one thing that truly makes me happy i suppose yeah i'm happy it is too much made out of lineup changes because you look at judas priest you know rob halford wasn't the first singer you look at iron maiden uh, you know bruce wasn't the first singer. you look at buck cherry their big album 15 they had pretty much cleaned the slate and brought in a whole new team it, it, do people make too much out of lineup changes what i've been trying to tell people is is that in order for it to continue you have to those lineup changes have to happen because it wasn't working. So either when those guys decided to leave to pursue their own projects, good luck to them. It's really hard starting afresh, let me tell yep. you. Um, when they decided to do that, I could have sacked it all in, 
But what a waste of my like four years that I'd spent building this together. What a waste yeah. of my time. I wasn't letting someone else waste my time. No. And and this is this is my baby. It's always been my baby. They auditioned to be in my band. Um, and I'm super happy that now I've got a bunch of guys around me who who feel the same way and want the same thing. We want to be in a great band. We don't want to be great individuals who want to be in a great band. Well, well look what one of your heroes, yeah. David Coverdale. I mean, David Coverdale has been Whitesnake for whatever, almost 45 years. And how, how many players has he had? 87? Yeah. He <laughs> is Whitesnake. I've toured and worked with nine of the Whitesnake guitar players. So when you think like there's been nine, and that's just the ones I've worked with or talked with. Yeah. So that it is incredible, but he never had to deal with the social media aspect of all of the lineup changes. So when David Coverdale changed his band, you read about it in a magazine and you couldn't write, oh, David Coverdale must be really hard work because yeah. he's changing his band. He never had that. He could just go home, have a glass of wine, chill out, not give a, give a fuck. But in this day and age, it's very different because people will just, you've seen those forums and those classic rock posts where it's just, yeah. just hate and assumption and hate. and. Well, do you yeah. deal with that? Do you have people saying like, oh yeah, third guitar zone, Nathan James is a prick to work with. Like, yeah. you know, people are calling to say like, you know, like as if you're a diva or something. Yeah, they are. And I, I find it amazing because <laughs> it's not... I never left my band. Do you know what I mean? Like the the guys left the band. Like if you're mad at anyone, don't be mad at me. I'm still trying to do this. I want to yeah. perform. You can come and hear these songs. Also, if you don't like the band at all, just keep your mouth shut and piss off because no one invited you to comment. If you're not, if you haven't bought my album and if you're not coming to my shows, I don't actually give a crap what you think. Yeah, that's, I agree. It's yeah. I mean, that's pretty straightforward, you know. Um. It's, I'll, I'll we'll start wrapping up, but I just want to get in my my uh, obligatory Scorpions question. You, you of course, like we said, you worked with Uli. What was it like putting your voice to some of those classic songs, to putting it to Dark Lady and Catch Your Train? And as I've told you, I appreciate it because I actually got to understand the lyrics for the first. I'm like, they were saying that. <laughs> An English oh. man singing English lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was hard, dude. Like filling in for singing the lyrics of a of someone who's got such an a famous iconic sound is really tricky so i could either like give it like a fake german accent <laughs> wouldn't have gone down very well uh or i could kind of put my own spin on it and i was lucky that uli let me do that he was so so kind in that whole process uh and yeah, I, I loved it. God, those the early Scorpion stuff is so good. It's so much fun, great fun to sing. And I managed to, I actually flew to Japan with Uli to perform a couple mm -hmm. of shows and recorded a, a live album there. Yeah, which I have. Yeah. But but the way we the way you approach like uh, the song "Pictured Life" it's just it's just it's just powerful. It's just great, you know. Yeah. It's just... I tried to sing it like. It, luckily, me and Klaus have a very similar range. It just sits kind of. A bit more fuller for me. In order for me to get those notes out, I wasn't going, oh, follow them all. You know, I was going, hey, like just singing it more in a Coverdale esque way, you know? Right. Just, I was just less German, I guess. By the way, how, how does Klaus sing it again? I missed that. 
I'm not doing it again. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, that, that'll be the the clip that you're going to clip out and put on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. A little. <laughs> it's going to be the headline on Blabbermouth. Nathan James throws shade at Klaus Main. It's not shade. That's just. <laughs> 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 that's how he sounds i love it it's yeah, iconic right. it's just not it's not me i i yeah it's not me that's great well before we wrap up you know with this new album we will ride coming out on february 12th you can pre-order it right now wherever music is sold i want to talk to you about your hair care regimen because your locks are very soft looking so talk to me about your conditioning process <laughs> and how do you how do you get that luscious look why didn't you ask Mitch this? I use well, Dove soap, the bar. <laughs> you use bar soap on your head? No wonder you're bald. <laughs> God. Oh, um, it works. Look how shiny it is. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I use uh, a fantastic product called It's a 10. and It's a 10? It, yeah, and it does apparently does 10 things to your hair. It's a leave-in conditioner. And without it, I can't get a fucking brush through my hair. So it is mm. super good. Treat yourself. Go Product yourself. placement right there. Yeah, I like that. Moisturize, gents. Come on now. <laughs> oh, there you All go. Right. So well, uh, yeah. there you go. We aside, will from my, uh, aside from my technical difficulties this afternoon and, uh, you know, <laughs> Mitch being a prick, this is this is great today. <laughs> terrific. Oh, this is hey. awesome. At least I didn't throw shade on Klaus' mind, so, you know. That is true. At least you weren't talking shit about, you know, your three other guitar players the entire time and how much they quit the band. It's not his fault. I'm just going to uh, kill myself, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we will ride off into the sunset, folks. No, we will ride. Great album, and uh, there's a song on there, My Misery, which I think is what we're all experiencing right now, but that song is uh just absolutely terrific uh go go yeah. check this out and the music video for medusa is fantastic too you know yes. how did you guys shoot that music video through this isolation thing and everything like do you guys have to pick like one day in the studio each and then go cut it or uh we kind of like took turns so like someone would do a morning and someone would do an afternoon um but yeah it's cool that song as i said was written by joel hoekstra and myself and there's obviously, I don't know if you know, Mitch, you must have seen that I'm doing a project with Joel yep. and Michael yeah. Swartz and Tommy Aldrich and yep. uh, Marco Mendoza. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's an exciting year for me and I'm super, super excited about getting out there and not doing my class mind impression ever again. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, 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 and that project, with the exception of Michael's, uh, Michael Sweet, it's, it, you're essentially fronting Whitesnake. I didn't say that. that. <laughs> yes, yeah, the, the the band's not going to be called White Snake. It's, they're going to call it uh, White Puppy or something. It, it'll be just a little bit a little, little, I, little different. <laughs> I obviously, as a fan of that band and Coverdale being my hero, my rock god, um, it is kind of cool to think that I'm going to be on an album with two current members and one ex member of White Snake. Yeah, that and, is amazing. And Jeremy yeah. does the best David Coverdale impression. Go ahead. No, I don't. It's okay. I do not. By the way, your band isn't called White Snake. It'll be called Brown Snake because if the music is shit, well, then you can say, oh, well, look at our name. <laughs> oh, my God. There you go. It, this won't, is... it won't be shit, I promise. 
Nice. And uh, there we go. And and uh, folks, uh, well, we will ride. There we go. Yeah. There you and go. We will we will ride, man. Available everywhere. February 12th. Go buy it. Go pre-order. Go buy the vinyl. Buy the CD. Support the guys. You know, they, they need it. You know, support them. So this way, and you know, you need the CD. So this way, when you meet them after the show and you get, you know, the backstage pass from being hot in the crowd, you got something to sign aside from your tits or cock, you know? Absolutely. We yeah. learned that from touring with Steel Panther. Steel Panther's awesome. Yeah, we, yeah. Did, we did two tours with them and it was friggin' amazing. Good guys. They're really good fun. They're good. good. All right, man. Well, it's great to chat. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Pleasure. Thank you, boys. Merci. Bonsoir. So there you go. There's Nathan James from Inglorious. Really great chat. Thanks to Mitchell Fawn for co-hosting that as well. Pick up their new album. Comes out this upcoming Friday. We are Inglorious. They're, they're just so good. I mean, and the album's called We Will Ride. Of course, go check that out. All right, let's get right over to Charlie Overby from Lone Hawk Hats. The new album, Me and My Guitar. All the proceeds going to Neva and save our stages. Welcome to the Jeremy White Podcast, Charlie Overby. Sweet, man. How's it going? How's everything out in uh, in California? Uh, How you doing? Oh, man. It's uh, it's going, you know. it's We're rocking and rolling right along. Yeah. I can't imagine. You know. Let's uh, <laughs> Let's talk about this new album. So the Lone Hawk Hats family presents Me and My Guitar. It's an acoustic album benefiting hashtag Save Our Stages. Coming out on February 5th, Bandcamp Fridays. More info at Lone Hawk ha- at Lone Hawk. I was going to say Lone Hawk. I'm from Brooklyn now. <laughs> Lone Hawk Hats on Instagram and all the socials. Welcome to the show. Charlie, what's up, man? Hey, buddy. Nice, nice to see you. Thanks for having me. First of all, I'm repping my Lone Hawk today. Look at that lid. Mm-mm-mm. I love it. I love it. Looks first, great. First thing I want to ask you. So, you know, you and I have never actually talked about this, but, you know, how did you get into the hat making biz? And how did you, like, where did you get the idea to start making hats? You know, honestly, back in the in the days of the Sunset Strip rock and roll era, I was, you know, I, I, uh, I was around like in the, the Sunset Strip times of the 80s and the early 90s. And, uh, you know, I, and when the glam thing was happening and this and rock and roll was at its peak, <laughs> um, I was in a band called Big Bang Babies that you may or may not have heard of. Never and, heard of. Uh, That's a good name, we though. Were, we were managed by Bill O'Coyne that, that oh. was behind Kiss. Right. And, uh, Big Bang, you should look into it because there's some rock and roll history there for sure. Um, Kerry Kelly was my guitar player. He went on to play with... Yeah, he's a Night Ranger now, but he was in Cooper for seven or eight years. And, you know, he's played with Slash and Vince Neil. And he did the run the whole gamut of that whole cool rock and roll thing. Um, But yeah, like in 90, 91, 92... I think we got together maybe in 89. So it was like from 89 to like 90. I think we split up in 93 is when I decided Nirvana was crushing the whole thing. And uh, yeah, so. So wait, yeah, you were in like, babies. so wait, what kind of band was it? Like, was it like a melodic hard full, rock band? Like a poison? Full, full on. Yeah. Wow. We were, it was, yeah, yo, you're gonna love it, dude. You're gonna freak out. It's so weird. Um, that I can't picture you in a band like that. You haven't seen the photos, dude. You're gonna, you're gonna snap. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was the front man. I just sang. 
I just sang and uh you know my name was Kit Ashley of course I had the different name <laughs> and uh but yeah we we kind of ruled the strip for for some years there was uh it was a uh, it was a crazy time so anyway so, so how did you guys how did you guys get to be managed by Bill O'Coin then like he discovered you guys on the strip or yeah yeah no well I mean, back then, it would, there was no internet yet. There was no cell phones. None of us had any of this magic that we have today. Yeah. So um, I think we were working with Kim Fowley. We were writing some songs with Kim Fowley. And I'm not really sure how a coin came into the picture, but we ended up being managed by Bill and Kenny Kerner. Mm. So um, Kenny was running um he had a, a small management company and he was running uh he was the editor at music connection at the time okay. so kenny i think it was kenny that brought in bill um bill had just i think it was just after he was managing billy idol mm -hmm. uh but i mean that was man it's a long time ago so it's it's hard to keep it all together yeah but, but you know uh, the man's a legend, so it's like when you when you're having a meeting with Bill O'Coin, does he say to you, "All right, guys, you know, because you know, look what he did with Kiss and all those bands." Oh, like, I know, I know, he's he was he was the man. Did he say to you guys, like, "All right, we're gonna put you guys in platforms and get the makeup on you," or like, "Oh, uh, uh, we were well." Big Bang was we were all that was part of the draw for Bill, is that we were the blonde kiss the whole band was blonde carrie kelly has had the half black half white hair at the time but the rest of us were all bleach blonde you know so um you guys you were like the hottest check checks on the strip you gotta check it out dude you're gonna freak <laughs> out okay, so, I, um, I really do yeah you're you're really gonna trip out so um we were the first band actually to press cds like compact discs i remember at the time when compact discs came out we were the first ones to like press them in the in that sunset strip scene like it was like big bang babies made a cd you know it's crazy wow so yeah so i mean that seems like so long ago which it was i mean we're talking about 30 yeah 30 plus years 30 plus years ago so which is completely insane to think about you know hmm. but to answer your question in that era of rock um i was super into hanoi rocks and and uh hmm. all that kind of stuff i was kind of i was i was into a mix of like hanoi and joe jackson and elvis costello so i loved like that power pop but i was into like the glam you know yeah and that's yeah. where the, that's where the chicks were yeah know? of course so so um we you know i was i was wanting those crazy outrageous hats and nobody made those things so mm -hmm. i started doing them myself you know and putting together these like outrageous awesome hats and that was in 91. so i did that for a while and then i didn't do anything with hats for years and years and years until about five six years ago or something seven years ago i don't even know how long it's been now but um i started doing some hats again and then charlie star from blackberry smoke 
um, sent a message through Instagram and was like, Hey man, I saw one of your hats on your, on your girlfriend's store site. And would you build me some hats? And Boom. that was it. That was it. It started the whole thing. And then of course, as you know, there's, you know, uh, a landslide of guys and gals making hats like Lone Hawks now all over the country, all over yeah. the world, really. All over so, the world. Well, yeah, because, yeah. you know, even to look back and, like, you know, that's how kind of I discovered you. And we'll talk about, you know, Adam from the Struts in a sec who's on this project. But it's like, you know, I became a, a fan of the Struts and I loved Adam's look and the hat he was wearing. And I was like, damn, like, who made this hat? And I just so happened to, like, tip tap one of the pictures and it was tagged Lone Hawk. And I'm like, this right. is the guy. So I went and then I got myself a hat. So it really, it really kind of is, you know, a word of mouth kind of thing. Oh, yeah. It really is. Yeah. The Lone Hawk family, and I love it this way too, is it is, it is basically all word of mouth. And, you know, as you know, I work with a lot of, a lot of cool music cats and, yeah. and, uh, you know, I don't have the 150,000 fake followers like a lot of the Insta people do. <laughs> like a lot, a I lot just, of in influencers. Yeah. Yeah. I just have my, you know, whatever it is, 26,000 enthusiasts and, and all of my solid, cool family, which, as you know, um, come together and, and everyone's always like up to help out for good causes. And we did that, you know, the thing for Navajo Nation yeah. with, um, you know, Cheryl Crow, which you got involved in, too. Yeah, of course, um, dude. I bought the David yeah. Lee Roth hat. Which I, it's yeah. upstairs. I should go get it. Hold on. I'm going to go grab that hat so and show it off. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. All right. Sweet. Right on. So there, there it is. There's, there's my David Lee Roth Lone Hawk. Look at that. Dig it. Yeah. It's radical. So talk to me about yeah. this. How did you, so you made this hat for Dave? Made the hat for Dave. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, what we did was I reached out to, um, you know, there's, there's a, so many cool folks in the Lone Hawk family, as you know. So I, I, I reached out to a handful of people, Cheryl Crow, Chris Robinson from the Black Crows, David Lee Roth, uh, Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees. Um, man, there were so many people, amazing people involved and everyone, every person that I called was like, oh yeah. Absolutely. I'm down to help the Navajo nation. So yeah. everyone signed, signed one of their hats, sent them over here. And then we had an auction and did it all on Instagram and through like this, exactly the way we're doing this right now. And, uh, we raised over a hundred grand for Navajo nation, which was incredible. You know? <laughs> That's amazing because yeah. you know, man, they're dude, all native reservations across North America are just <laughs> struggling you know it's like to get anything from the governments or even like public support do it in canada you know native reservations were really looked at you know the dregs of society leeches of the government and their taxpayers uh you know anytime there's some type of native issue oh well leave it up to the nations they want to be independent you know let them fund their own stuff and it's dude it's a constant political battle and struggle oh i know the politics are uh it's ridiculous you know, politics as a whole are are 
are yeah. pretty ridiculous. So the know, fact that as you, know, know. you guys were able to raise, you know, a hundred thousand dollars with, you know, all these really cool artists and part of the Lone Hall really. family. It's like, you know, yeah, so really amazing. Let me ask you this. How does an artist, you know, approach you and say that, like, how does David Lee Roth come to you and say, Hey, Charlie, you know, I want a hat made for me. Um, most of the time, uh, it comes through someone else. Uh, you know, a friend of a friend, or the, you know, they'll just send me an Instagram message, which is always mind boggling and amazing until yeah. I, you know, the one, the one day out of, you know, check your messages and it's like three o'clock in the afternoon and you look and you're like, holy shit, Nils Lofgren from the Springsteen band and <laughs> wants a hat, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. But yeah. they, you know, most of the time they, they come through someone else. Um, and it's, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. So it is a small knit family and I like it, you know, yeah. like that. We keep it, we try to keep it somewhat small and, uh, you know, just one guy, one man with two hands. So it takes me a long time to make each hat and uh, one is like custom bespoke you know made to order right so yeah yeah and you know my i mean i i could do like six a week or something so you know uh the the wait is a while it takes a while to get them but most people say that it's it's worth it you know yeah. and then my lady my lady vanessa does the hand embroidery stuff right and uh and we're totally backed up on those which is, you know, a whole nother beast. But hey, so, you know what? It's good that business is good. Oh, in this day and age, my friend, it's a real blessing. Yeah. 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 Just uh, before we get on to talk about the uh, CD here, you know, talking about these hats and stuff, you know, how do you decide what you're going to put on them? How are you going to burn the edges? You know, talk about the artistic kind of direction that you go in with these hats because they really are one of a kind. And I, I've, I almost feel like, you know, they're, they're a representation of like the personality of the person that's wearing them as well, but it also yeah. Charlie into it, you know? Right. I mean, I, to tell you the honest truth, Jeremy, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I don't use blocks. I don't use tools. I don't use anything that a regular hat maker would use. I don't think to make hats because <laughs> I, I, I'm not a, I'm, I'm just a guy that's sculpting beaver, you know? Right. And, and, uh, so when I, when I'm putting them together, I do take into account who they're going to and try to put that, you know, spin on it for that person. Unless a lot of them are totally custom and people will go, I want this and this, and can you do this? And maybe can you find this to make the band out of or whatever um but a lot of times i just go with the divine architecture which is a little weird but i i feel like not to get all hippie strange <laughs> trippy guy but <laughs> i feel i feel like because i use all old vintage shells you know from the 70s right. back so all the hats already have a life of their own from from days of, of past. Yeah. And uh, I feel like a lot of them already have their destiny and divine architecture happening with them, which mm -hmm. I know sounds crazy, but 
It's a greater every power hat, at work. Every hat has their story already and has already had lifetimes of wear in them, you know, and are and is going on to the next life. Hats are, you know, I don't know if they get the nine lives like a cat, but they're definitely doing doing some some living. Well, especially you know, these, you know. Dude, once the hats get on the road and they start getting stories of their own, you know? Oh yeah, of course. So and the, and I build them for the road specifically. I mean, they're built really tough and strong and uh you know they're they're not for the weak at yeah. all. Also, <laughs> Sculpting Beaver is also my stripper name, just for the record. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> So, <laughs> me and my guitar it's an acoustic album benefiting save our stages talk about the save our stages movement and uh you know i mean tons of clubs and tons of venues across the country in america are just probably not going to be able to open back up after this pandemic because it, it's not looking good and on top of that you know all these upcoming bands okay the the arena guys they're going to have arenas to go back to eventually yep. stadium yep. guys will have places to go but when you right. look at, you know, the tier one and tier two artists that are playing in the clubs, trying to get up and move up to the amphitheaters and the arenas, there's not really going to be anywhere for these bands to get their start and get playing. Man, it's it's really hard and it's really scary because all of us cut our teeth playing these small venues. You know what I mean? I was talking to Jesse Mallon last night about it on the 420 shout out on the Lone Hawk Instagram. And I was saying, like, you know, clubs like the Troubadour, they're going to be okay because Elton John is not going to let the troubadour go down because he started there, you know, but, but smaller venues like the bovine sex club yeah, Toronto. that you guys have out there and yeah. the, you know, the small, the smaller venues, that, you know, how are those kind of venues without some assistance are not going to survive. There's there's yeah. no way that it's going to happen. The mom, the small mom and pop places. And so the National Independent Venue Association that we're doing this album for, um, those guys are, are really working their butts off uh, to get some funding out of Congress. And and it's yeah, working. It seems like it's it like pulling teeth to get anything out of your government over there. It's, it's crazy. I know. I know. It's, it is crazy. But, you know, we're making some changes. We've made some positive changes over the recent, you yeah. know, days. You got and, a new president. Uh, so that's kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. We're moving <laughs> in a positive direction. We'll say that for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, the venues are the, you know, the first to close and are going to be the last to open. And without these small venues, I mean, I, I, if there wasn't small clubs, I wouldn't be sitting here today. I don't know what I'd be doing, but I wouldn't be sitting here with you. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, all, all the artists that are on this 25 artist record all came up playing the small venues and we all love to go back and play those small venues. You know what I mean? It's still, well, yeah. you know, everybody talks the intimacy. About that's yeah. it. Everybody talks about the small club. You know, it's great seeing Kiss in an arena, but you know, you watch that Kiss unplugged, and man, you're like, oh, I'm thirsty to see them in a small little bar Dude, or club. You know, I yeah. I mean, growing up in LA and being in that scene, like what I was talking about with Big Bang Babies, in that era, I saw at the Troubadour alone. I saw Kiss. Um, I saw well, Foo Fighters, but that was a little later. 
Yeah. Uh, I actually went to see Foos with Pat when Pat was not in the band anymore in that in-between nice. time, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I played, I played the Troubadour when I was 15 years old with Poison, you know? I was a Damn. kid. Yeah. So, I mean, those venues, without those venues, there was another, there was lots of clubs that are already falling to the wayside. But where there's, there's not going to be a place for the baby bands, as they put it, and even the middle class mm-hmm. of rock and roll. Like you said, there's going to be big arenas and stuff because yeah. the corporate, that's never going down. The corporate will hang on and the corporate will be fine. Yeah. But the small mom and pop venues without assistance are not going to be able to hang on. And it's really, it's really scary. I mean, I feel yeah. lucky to have been part of all of that before all this happened. But I feel terrible for the kids that still want to get out and play some Van Halen songs, you know, and mm-hmm. play some original music and write songs and, and build careers, you know, yeah. because it's, it's it's terrifying but i even feel like you know the sunset strip has kind of lost a little bit of that already because oh know, it's over it's dead it's gone yeah. dude i mean yeah. i was there you know a couple of years ago I, I went to steel panther's last show at the house of blues before they tore it down for a condo building you know and it's like <laughs> like what are the yeah. clubs that are left over there you know well you got the viper yeah, room I mean, is that still a thing the viper is still there um the Viper's hanging on. The Viper is going to become uh, a big high rise. And yeah, but they, they are talking about having the Viper room within the high rise, which, you know, it'll be like, not not really that cool. Yeah. 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 They're going to open up a bar on the top of the building and call it the Viper room or something. Right. I mean, that venue, that venue in itself, goes way way back it was filthy mcnasty's way that was pre my time it was Mm. called filthy mcnasty's and then it became that venue actually was the very first place that that big bang babies band ever played Um, yeah it was an unannounced show it was called uh i want to say it was called the central Mm. jeez i can't remember i can't remember um but yeah, it was so many different names, the Viper Room. Wow. But yeah, I mean, the whiskey's still there, of course, the yeah. whiskey and the Roxy, but they're not really in danger of going down either. Because you know? oh, let's be honest, they're kind of corporate now, aren't they, in a way? Well, n- n- no, but they've got a lot of money behind them. Right. <laughs> they've got family. There's, there's, family <laughs> there's family in the picture, for sure. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, so, but, you know, uh, talking about the CD and some of the artists that you got co- uh, contributing on this, you know, and guesting, you've got people like, you, you know, Captain Clegg, Jesse Dayton's on this. Jesse Dayton is on this. Cool. Strange, I call him Captain Clegg because he's in the Rob Zombie movies. He's Captain Clegg in the Night Creatures. And that was one yeah. of the first concerts I saw. I saw him open up for Rob Zombie in like 2008, 2009. And that's still one of my favorite yeah. shows ever. Yeah. It's, it's it's amazing that you've mentioned him first because he such a crazy time man um jesse is supposed to be one of my guests today on the 420 shout out on the lone hawk hats instagram um dwayne betts and jesse dayton and jesse 
um, unfortunately, is not going going to come on because his father-in-law passed away last night to COVID nineteen. Oh man! Yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. So it's it's really affecting and still affecting and going to be affecting all of us for a long time. It's yeah. it's devastating. It's really devastating. Um, yeah, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, I mean, you're personally affected by it, you know? You're right. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, oh, whatever. But then it hits them and they're like, yeah. Oh. Eh, fuck you. I'm not oh, wearing yeah. your, I'm not wearing a mask. And then, you know, their right. grandmother dies from COVID because they didn't wear a mask. And it's like, what the right. fuck? yeah, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, um, you know, yeah, you got Jesse Dayton. Adam Slack from the Struts, which is another guy I'm a big fan of. Yep, Adam from the Struts. His song is incredible. He, you know what's amazing is that all the songs on the record, it's called, obviously it's called Me and My Guitar. Yeah, so all cool. the songs on the record are the person with the song, their guitar, and that's it. So wow. it's really, really personal. And all the songs are very personal and um and it's deep it's a it's an incredible beautiful record from start to end and after the 25 songs you're ready for 26 so you can start it over or you can go about your day but it's it's an incredible record and it's going to be an amazing drive record and but i mean there's you know charlie star from blackberry smoke jim james from my morning jacket uh miranda lee richards suzanne santo jimmy vivino uh, Adam Slack, as you mentioned, yeah. um, um, there's, there's the, the Mastersons, uh, that play in Steve Earl and the Dukes, uh, both did individual songs, Chris and Eleanor, uh, Sam Morrow, Pete Anderson, who played with, um, uh, uh oh God, who's our, our Bakers There's too many names, too yeah. many. There's so many, there's so many. <laughs> Um, Marcus yeah, King's on this too, which is a, he's a Mark, monster guitar Marcus player. King, He's a beast. Yeah. And you know, the particle kid is on it. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really, really great. Yeah. And I can't say enough about it. And, you know, it comes out tomorrow on Bandcamp, and all the money is going to Neva for save our stages, which is really you know, it's it's been a lot of work, bro. I gotta tell you the truth. It's it's well, a, I I, mean, I thought you know, at the beginning you're, you're producing an album, but you're also producing, you know, every single one of these tracks and trying to get the people on the board and recording the sessions and everything and you know, trying to get the infrastructure lot. set up and it's it's a big undertaking. So Yeah. I mean it seemed really easy at the at the beginning. I was like I even told people I was like, look. You can record it right on your phone. You know, it'll be simple. Yeah. Not so simple. Not no, so artists, uh, the artists are like, no, no, no. I'm going to, you know, I got my recording set up at home. I'll, you know, I'm not doing right. anything else. I'll make it sound decent. Right. Yeah. And then let alone, let alone getting all of the releases signed and back is a whole right. nother fiasco that I didn't even think about. You know, did, uh, did any of these so, agents like push back and say, okay, well, you know, how am I going to get my cut out of this? You know, how am I, how's my artist getting paid? Uh, mm, any issues there? No, 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 not, not as far as that. I mean, there's been a, you know, a couple of the, um, the major label folks and stuff, 
of course, there's like three or four people you have to go through and they always have questions and a little changes, but everyone for the most part has been uh, completely down for the old cause and nice, you know, Oh, it's for Neva. Okay, great. So yeah, for the most part, it's, it's been pretty simple that way. It's just getting people to do it and send it back. You yeah. know, that's the, it's not the, the actual doing of it. It's the doing and sending it back, you know? Right. So yeah. whatever. I mean, that, that's the small potatoes of the whole thing that the work, that goes into it is definitely worth what's happening. Look you at know? you. You're like the Clive Davis of save our stages. It's uh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but you know, I'm just doing, doing what I can. I mean, I, I feel like, uh, if you've got a platform and you have some connections to people that can help, mm -hmm. why not? You know, I mean, I, I think that, uh, I think it's our duty to make stuff happen if we can and, you know, stand up and, and make a difference, you know? So I hear you, man, dude, look at you. You're a saint. Uh, I certainly would not say that either, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man. you know, I, I, I jokingly say to some of my friends, they're like, man, all the, you're doing all this great stuff, man. You're raising money for the Navajo nation and doing the save our stages things. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm really just rebuilding my karma. Ah, there you go. Paying it back. <laughs> got to pay back. You got to pay it back. So, I love it. Well, yeah. This yeah. is one of my most prized possessions, and I'm glad, you know, I was able to donate to the Navajo Nation. And, uh, you know, this is, this is great. I have it sitting upstairs on a nice little ledge, and I look at it and walk by it every day. And you know, I'm glad you got it, dude. I'm glad you got that one. I love that David Lee Roth lid. so good. It's great, man. Awesome. Well, this is really cool, man. Uh, me and my guitar. It's an all acoustic album benefiting Save Our Stages. All the money's being donated to Neva, the National Independent Venues Association. It comes out tomorrow, February fifth. Or if you're watching this now, you know later in the future, um, buy it and support. Yeah. It, you know, take a pause yep. for the cause, people, and all the money's going to the stages. So. Yeah. Amen. All right, man. Well, thank you. Catch up. This is great. Yeah, thank you for having me, my man. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna have to get another hat from you soon. This is uh, I can dig it. Yep, I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna go for a more circular one next time. All right, all right. I gotta see. Start, start, start thinking about it now because it's gonna be a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell everybody. Hey, everybody that's in the line, no, no, put me at the top, man. This is enough of this. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. There, there's the you know there's we have the rush plan. Yeah, the rush. It's crazy because the rush plan used to be for touring artists and weddings and bar mitzvahs and stuff. And now, and now none of that's bitter. <laughs> now none of that's really going on. So you know, everyone's kind of like, yeah, I don't really need the rush. I'm cool. I I can wait. So yeah. it's been it's been good. But to be fair, anyway, nowhere really to wear it to. So you know. Well, yeah, but you got to be ready for the big day when all this shit starts happening, dude. <laughs> we it. all get to go out and sweat and play some rock and roll and hug on each other again it's Can't gonna wait. be amazing it's gonna be Can't great wait. well hey you know yeah. artists are already starting to announce tours for the fall time and uh you know big major tours getting announced for the first quarter of 2022 so i right. mean if the vaccine starts making a dent you know maybe we'll be back in the uh back in the venues in the fall time you know, it's you know. gonna happen it's gonna happen eventually yes yeah 
yeah. right, man. It was great to catch up and uh, hit up Charlie Lone Hawk Hats on uh, on Instagram and all the socials and everything. It's a great community to be a part of. So go and check that out. All right. Thank Thanks, you, brother. Man. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Take it easy. The Jeremy White Podcast. Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Available wherever you get your podcasts. The Jeremy White Podcast. With Boostan. For the best Lebanese cuisine in Montreal, it's got to be Boostan. Visit boostan.ca. And loudtracks.com. Helping fans connect to their favorite artists. 100% high quality, officially licensed band merchandise that supports the artists you love. Visit our official band much store at let career builder help you rehire the mainstream american workforce fast candidates on career builder are diverse and have skills for the most in-demand occupations and up to 85 percent of our candidates only search for jobs on our site post your next job with career builder and get an application rate that's nearly seven times higher than our competitors career builder we're building for you. Visit hiring.careerbuilder.com forward slash recruit. Loudtracks.com. Watch the Jeremy White podcast exclusively on YouTube.